Exactly. Dude, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually steal that. Where's a pen? Style your dream life. I'm I'm literally putting that in my notes. And please get, don't ask don't ask royalties. me for <laughs> yeah, don't ask me for royalties. That's what I was gonna say. So it's like I'm sleeping on a giant ice pack, and that's really helped my sleep a lot. There's God knows what kind of EMFs like melting my brain. But I'll just hit the little button, it goes on for 20 minutes, and it just kind of knocks you out again. So that's been a th- those have been two things that have really helped my sleep lately. And still do have like one persistent kind of issue that I have not managed to cure. Stem cell therapy in Guadalajara, Mexico is my next hack for that. <laughs> no way, dude. Yeah. You just crushed my dream. Well, I didn't. I'm just repeating what Dr. <laughs> Bill Andrews said. Got the the ice machine off Craigslist. Have my handyman build a little enclosure for the ice machine. And now we have like perma ice baths um, in like the back parking lot, you know, at Story Fitness. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. The Optimal Performance Podcast is sponsored by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. All right, guys, really cool episode I want to introduce to you today. Our guest is Luke Story. Luke is the host of the Lifestylist podcast. He worked for many years in his first half of his career as a Hollywood stylist for celebrities. Now he is a huge biohacker. This episode is full of really cool information, probably more links and resources in this episode than any other single episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. We're going to talk a lot about cold thermogenesis, uh, lights, water, all kinds of really cool biohacking stuff that you guys are going to find really fascinating. Make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You can see the blog version of this. Uh, like I said, tons of links to the stuff that Luke and I discuss. Enjoy. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me. Muncie is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncie's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncie is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncie is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncie's an innovator. All right, happy Thursday, all you Optimal Performers. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Today, we are hanging out and chatting with Mr. Luke Story. Luke, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for hanging out with me. Luke, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. You are a man of of many hats, and uh, I want you to tell the listeners how you would like to be introduced. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. So much easier when you just read the bio. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny when you're reading your uh, your intro there. I'm like, oh my God, I could never do that. I would screw it up on my show. Like I always do all the intros and outros separately because I screw them up like 50 times. Funny. Uh, yeah. So my name's Luke Story, uh, host of the Lifestylist podcast on which you were just a guest, which should, I don't know whose is going to publish first, but... Uh, that's kind of something I'm doing now. But yeah, as you mentioned, I've, I've led a double life. So I've been working in the Hollywood entertainment industry, specifically in fashion for, 
17 years. And um, I'm still doing that in one capacity. But specifically, I started out as a fashion stylist. And for those of you that are listening to that, that are into health and fitness and things that are your fans are probably into, what that means is that when an artist, say like a musician, wants to make a music video or perform at the Grammys or go on tour or a company is shooting a commercial or an actress or actor is going to a red carpet premiere of a film or uh, the Oscars, the Emmys, things like that. Well, a wardrobe or a fashion stylist is the person that goes out and gets the clothes and dresses them. So it's a very creative job within the fashion and entertainment industry. So I did that for 17 years and worked with, you know, tons of celebrities doing that. So kind of was in the Hollywood grind for a long time. And that was uh, one side of my life. But while I was doing that, I was also working on myself through a lot of personal development and health and uh, spiritual pursuit and all sorts of stuff like that. Early in my uh, life in Hollywood, I you know, was playing in bands and was living a pretty reckless kind of rock and roll lifestyle and, and basically burnt myself out by the time I was 26 and started a journey that I'm still on, which is just learning how to have a healthy and happy and fulfilling life. So while I was doing that somewhat superficial work in the Hollywood entertainment industry, which, you know, of course, if you're helping someone, you're helping someone. It's like, you know, you, you get someone a pair of shoes and they feel good about themselves. That's awesome. But my passion has always been more in this field. And so um, a year ago, I made a decision to kind of change directions and do what I call lifestyling, which is helping people design the ultimate lifestyle. So bringing in all these bits and pieces from all sorts of different teachings and practice practices and modalities and integrating them into a custom-built lifestyle for people. So that's what I'm doing now, and that's what my show's about. Uh, I also am CEO and founder of a company called School of Style that I founded uh, just about eight years ago now, which teaches people specifically how to become a fashion stylist. So I teach kids. I mean, when I say kids, they're anywhere from 18 to 40, really, but they're kids in the industry that I just got out of. So it's like I'm basically funneling into the industry talent that I just, you know, e evacuated myself from. So um, that's called School of Style. And as I said, I've been doing that for eight years and continue to run that company. So now I have a much more um, peripheral relationship to fashion and entertainment. I'm not directly involved in it other than running the school. Very cool. Uh, so you just you, you hit on everything there that you know makes up your you have so that's just a cool bio i mean you've done a lot of cool stuff you've got great perspective uh or, or i'm sure that that doing all those things has given you great perspective on um things to do things not to do and with all of the information that you have collected uh through this journey that you've been on you know we want to really tap into what's working, what's not working, and, and some of the things that you can highlight for us and our listeners to help us, you know, live optimal. Um, before we really dive in, uh, you guys listening, uh, if you have not done so, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show. Uh, believe it or not, those reviews really do ha help us rank in iTunes, which helps more people see the show, which helps more people learn and benefit from the stuff that you find so awesome about this show. And uh, while you're doing that, if, if you do enjoy the show, if it is helping you, think about other people you know in your life who will benefit from and enjoy the things that we're talking about here on the show. Share the Optimal Performance Podcast with them and help us reach more people so that we can help more people style their dream life or live optimal, however you want to phrase it. We would just want 
cool people doing cool shit and living their best life, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to actually I'm going to actually steal that. Where's a pen? Style your dream life. I'm I'm literally putting that in my notes and please I, don't ask don't ask, for, <laughs> don't ask me for royalties. That's what I was going to say. That's I had to get it out. One. I knew that's the way you were going. No, it's yours. Completely yours. Um, that's good. So, Luke, I, I want to know, like, as you as you made that transition, what was what was the point where you said, this is the way I want to go, and where did you turn for the information, or, or did you happen to see something that kind of sparked that genesis or what was the beginning of this like for you? Well, the beginning, you know, was born out of, <laughs> was born out of necessity, I guess. It's like, I, I grew up in a home that was, uh, how do I say it? I had kind of, I mean, I, I don't want to like feel sorry for myself, but I had kind of a rough childhood, right? So, you know, it was you know a lot of um, behavioral problems in school and, um, you know, it was just always kicked out of school and legal problems and things like that. I was, just like a troubled kid and kind of a juvenile delinquent. And then, you know, my escape from that life was moving to Hollywood when I was 19 to be a rock star, you know, classic case. And then when I moved here, um, I was aware of like health food and things like that because my parents were both really into health food in the 70s when I grew up. So as I was like living this rock and roll lifestyle and partying in Hollywood and, and having a blast for a while until it started to kind of turn a little darker, you know, I was going and getting carrot juices at the juice, stand, which was like, you know, that was health food back in the early 90s, right? right. And, you know, they'd have like wheat German and all kinds of stuff that I would never eat now. But um, I was like a health food store junkie back then, you know, to always took my vitamins and would do wheatgrass and things like that. So I was interested in, in health, um, even though I was very self-destructive at the time, I was always kind of hedging my bets because I knew that I was, you know, probably doing some damage. And then in terms of the inner game or just, you know, my mentality, I began to become interested in spirituality, um, specifically Eastern mystics and gurus and things like that, not so much in a, um, a spiritual sense, but more like just spiritual teachings and things like that um, around the same time. So while I was living <laughs> the antithesis of health, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in every way, I there was something in me that kind of knew there was another way to live and that I should probably be doing that. So when I sort of hit a bottom and, you know, the the lifestyle that I was living just it's like the benefit that I was getting out of my partying basically started to be outweighed by the detriments to it and all the damage to my relationships and, you know, seeing my dreams just like go up in smoke and not having any real success in music, which was, you know, what I was trying to do. Um, at some point there, I just kind of was faced with the prospect that if I didn't change my ways, I probably wasn't going to be around very long. So for me, it was more born out of necessity than like, wow, I'm this really positive, great guy and I just want to be healthy and happy. I mean, it was at first born out of like a life or death kind of situation, literally. And uh, But that's great because that's what gave me my passion. And it's like I have, I think, a certain amount of commitment and depth that um, is born out of that initial desperation. And then, of course, as my life started to improve, I started to actually just really enjoy living this life. So that was that was really the very beginning of it was just, you know, starting my research and going to India and learning how to meditate and, and doing all of these things. And just, I've just become rather than obsessed on self-destruction, almost 
you know, hopefully in a positive way, but maybe not sometimes, really obsessed on just feeling as good as I possibly can, being as healthy emotionally. So I'm, you know, I'm always doing some kind of new inner work, some spiritual practice, uh, refining my diet, refining my supplementation, uh, working with some sort of healing modality or alternative medicine or some sort of quackery half the time, you know, but I'm just willing to try everything. And that's, that's kind of been my passion and over the years I've just I've turned so many friends onto the different things that I find that eventually it's like I started to have a pretty decent group of people that had been impacted by my pioneering research so to speak and um and then made a decision a year ago like god why am I not just doing this as a career because it's all I'm interested in doing anyway really okay so we'll get into some of that stuff that's in the gap there in a minute but I want to know uh, you mentioned your yeah. There was a, there was a twenty there was a twenty year gap. <laughs> yeah, it was a big one. <laughs> well, and but you mentioned that you're always experimenting with stuff and, and learning new things. What are you experimenting with right now? Uh, let's see. What am I doing right now? God, it's like it's hard to keep up with myself. Well, you know what you know what I've been doing. Actually, we talked a little bit about this on the podcast, and I think to your listeners, this will be like a, a duh. Why weren't you doing that the whole time? But I've never really been into a strict discipline of physical fitness. And so very recently about, I guess it's probably about three or four months ago. I mean, I've always done yoga and hiked and swam and I mean, I've been active. I'm a mover, but I've never really honed in on like my range of motion and my mobility and building strength and really using my body in an athletic way. I think just because as a kid, I just sucked at sports. I never was interested in sports. I was skinny. I was dorky. And so I just like got really turned off to that. I was always picked last on the teams. And I was like, screw sports and jocks. I hate them. And I became like, you know, the kid with dyed hair and earrings and was like, I hated sports. So I've always sort of associated fitness with those people that I perceive to have rejected me when I was a kid. Very like immature mindset to have. But I'm also just, I just don't like like sweating and having a heartbeat. Like I'm just not, I'm just, I think in, in the Ayurvedic, they call it Vata, I believe. There's like three sort of people types and I'm the one that just likes to chill. Like I, I, I could meditate for eight hours. Like I have no problem just sitting on my ass. So my most recent hack, which is not that innovative, as I said to many people, has been really working you know, on my body. So my brother, uh, Cody Story, has a gym here really nearby my house, which has also helped. I moved close by called Story Fitness. And he does all sorts of great stuff. Um, he does something called Tack Fit, which was created by a guy named Scott Sonnen and he uses a lot of club bells and kettlebells and gymnastics and just a lot of really intense mobility stuff. And so I've just really been enjoying what's going on with my body. You know, the way my brother explained it to me is like, dude, you spend a thousand dollars a month on supplements and you don't even have the pathways within your body to move that shit around. It's just like you're a stagnant person. And I was like, oh, don't. So when it's put to me like that, you know, it's like, that's great. You're taking like MSM and stuff for your ligaments and joints and everything I do. And he's like, yeah, it's not getting in there because you're, you know, those pathways are blocked and just, you know, and so much more to that. So, you know, and, and also I'm 45 and, you know, I'm not going to take my shirt off to show our YouTube viewers by any stretch, but... I'm not like super proud about the way I look if I go to a hot springs or go to a pool. I mean, I have a little bit of vanity left, you know, and, um, you know, I had a girlfriend recently that was a few years younger than I, and she's kind of like, dude, I think you need to go to the gym. (laughs) It's like, okay, I catch the hint. So there's that part of it, but it's like, 
you know, when I see someone with a great body, it's not so much like, oh, I want to look like that so the chicks dig me. What I really am turned on by is like when someone has great range of motion and mobility. Like when I watch my brother move, he moves like a freaking leopard, you know, like the, uh, what's his name, Kelly Stratt book. Yeah. That's such a great, a great way to put it. I mean, he just that what he's been able to do with his body is just incredible. And I see the physical freedom he has. So that I'm really getting a lot out of. And what's been interesting is that's totally changed my circadian rhythm because I do uh, a 10 to 20 minute ice bath after my workouts, which is, you know, five days a week on average. And so I'm going to bed really early. My workouts are at 7 a.m. So I'm just waking up. I can't even sleep in past six or 6.30 now. For my entire life, I could barely get up you know, by nine or 10 AM. I mean, like it's, it's incredible. So that's kind of one of the more obvious ones is like, wow, I really need to move my body in in a way that is, um, intelligent, you know, and really building a, a foundation of, of that, like I said, that range of motion, because at times I think before I got turned off to fitness, because I was trying to accomplish feats of strength <laughs> and flexibility that my joints weren't capable of withstanding, you know? So cool. I'm going to deadlift. Well, like my ankles suck. I have my hips don't move, you know, my wrists are locked and then I'm going to try to do some crazy yoga or get on a weightlifting tangent or do CrossFit or something. And so now I'm really finding that foundation has been so helpful. So that's one. Uh, another one that I've been... <laughs> I'm always working on my sleep optimization. So uh, something that's really been helping with that is, you know, I'm here in LA, so it's hot as hell, literally, right now. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's been in the hundreds. Um, So I got something called a chili pad, which is kind of a, it's sort of like an electric blanket, but there's no wires in it. There's just little veins of water. And then there's a heating slash cooling unit that goes next to the bed. It's like, I don't know. 10 by 10 little box and uh, you pour water in there and it either cools or heats the water and that goes under your top sheet and keeps your bed freezing. So it's like I'm sleeping on a giant ice pack and that's really helped my sleep a lot. Um, I got a couple of early prototype models and they were a little problematic and then you know I kept kind of emailing them like dude and I think I got a demo model or something for like the blogger you know blogger discount or something at first and it was a little funky but the new model has been working impeccably and I really love that no leaking no problems whatsoever so that's been a great gadget that's helped me with my sleep I also recently got something called the Delta Sleeper uh, which is a tiny little P if you can see on the video it's like a size of like a thick matchbook and the Delta Sleeper is a PEMF device pulsed electromagnetic field device a very very shallow range and a very light uh, pulse so not a lot of power coming out of it and you put it right on your um, shoulder I think it's called the bronchial trick something area right here on your shoulder, which I can't pronounce or spell, but I found it to be problematic to stick right there. So I use the original placement that the inventor um, recommended early on, which most people felt lame for doing, and that's right on your forehead. (laughs) So it has this little double-sided sticker and you stick it right, or I stick it right on my forehead just because I find that that's less obtrusive to my sleep. Because if I sleep my side, the thing kind of pokes in my shoulder. But essentially what this does is it entrains your brain waves into a delta state really quickly. So it helps you to fall asleep, not only quickly, but into a deep state of sleep fast. And then if you wake up in the middle of the night, which I commonly do, I think just because I live in you know the city, it's very loud and there's God knows what kind of EMFs like 
melting my brain. But I'll just hit the little button. It goes on for 20 minutes. And it just kind of knocks you out again. So that's been a, th- those have been two things that have really helped my sleep lately. And to me, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I have all sorts of weird stuff and supplements out the yin yang, but the sleep and the fitness piece lately have been very transformative in terms of just, you know, how I feel throughout the day and the level of energy and focus that I have. Well, you threw a lot of great resources out there for us in that answer. So I just want to remind everybody listening, go to naturalstacks.com, go to the blog version of this. I will go through and put links to all of those things, Story Fitness, Scott Sonnen, Tack Fit, Supple Leopard, which is a great book. Love Kelly Starrett. Um, I love the fact that, you know, you mentioned right away that, you know, one of the issues with squatting or deadlifting is, you know, you've got to have, you have to be able to get into that position properly first before you can load it externally. So if, you know, coming from a background as a strength coach, it's music to my ears to hear somebody say that. So, so kudos to, to you for either intuitively knowing that or for somebody teaching you that. I don't know. No, but. It's, it's, it's my brother. It's my brother. Cause I go in the gym and I'm like, dude, I got to get rid of this gut. I got to get ripped. Like, what are we going to do? Hand me those, you know, give me that. What's the heaviest club bell you have? Let's swing that shit. And he's like, no dude, let me see you squat. Let me check your, your range of motion on your wrist let me see you um you know let me check their um mobility in your shoulder i mean he just like has me like going to the very most basic fundamental movements that your body should be able to do like you said right. before you start loading that and then and then we do start loading it and I, dude i'm getting stronger i mean when i walked into his gym and this is sad and i know you have like fitness fans and stuff i could maybe do like one full pull-up like from dead weight straight arms, like one, maybe two. And I haven't tested myself lately, but you know, I'm probably in a couple of months here. I don't know. I could probably do close to 10 or something. And as I said, I mean, I'm a guy that has not lifted or really moved my body at all in my adult life, sadly, other than, you know, like I said, just yoga and trail running and, you know, swimming and things like that. So I'm, I'm very grateful that the mobility piece has been so strongly emphasized by my brothers so that I can actually like have a foundation and not injure myself, which is what used to happen. Every couple of years, I get on a gym tangent and I'd get hurt and I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's great. Um, so, and some of the other things that you talked about, the, the chili pad, I think that's so cool because I must have had one of their very first, uh, iterations and it was just the pillow part, um, or, or maybe it was the thing that, that I actually laid on, but it always wound up like piled up and to the side. And, and it, it was, it was a terrible, it was, it was great in theory, but it was terrible in reality. Um, so I'm happy to know that now they have something better. We'll link to that. Um, yeah. so that's, I sleep hot. So anything that can help me, uh, not sweat as much and, and sleep better, I'm all for. So, so definitely check that out. Um, yeah, I want to hear more about the uh, the Delta sleeper. So, pulsed electromagnetic field, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's. That's something that we have not delved into on the podcast before. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about how that works. <laughs> that's funny. I have no goddamn idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're still in search no. of a PEMF 
uh, no, expert, Doctor Jack Cruz, know, you, come talk to us, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know what? You could get um, you could get Michael um from Delta Sleeper on, and yeah. he and he, he's a great he'd be a great guest and someone that could explain it. Um, I also use a machine called the Earth Pulse, okay. which essentially does the same thing. It, they're these magnets that go underneath your mattress, um, or you know you can just actually lay on them depending on the setting. The idea, I think. With the PMF that's used for sleep and relaxation and things like that is, as I said, it's able to entrain your brain waves. And so the idea is that you can manually kind of control your brain waves. So there's different states that your brain can be in from the excited state of, um, I think it's beta, right? And then alpha. I've done a lot of it's, biofeedback training, you know, to get into right. an alpha state. So you can use technology essentially to sort of change the frequency of your mind or your body. But my understanding of it is so elementary. It's like, I read about it. I read the science. If it makes sense to me and I see some good testimonials and there's good case studies, then I give it a shot and see if it works. Now, the earth pulse, to me, I've had mixed results. I find the earth pulse to be really good for recovery. If I'm just smoked from a flight or something like that, I've even brought it on the airplane, which um, I found out later was a somewhat dangerous. <laughs> <to do. laughs> they don't like, they don't like my, magnets on the airplane. <laughs> I put like a whole, my whole road to sleep, you know what I mean? Cause it emits quite a big field, you know, but uh, anyway, don't tell anyone from the um, TSA that, um, uh, but um, I, you know, I study and then I try it out and I see if it works, you know, uh, and then if it does, then I recommend it to listeners of my show or clients or family or friends or whatever. But what's interesting about the PEMF stuff or PEMF as they call it is I find that some people are really affected by it positively and then some people don't notice anything, you know. So for me, like the Delta sleeper, sometimes I really find that it works and then other times not. I think sometimes I might have just a surge of cortisol in the middle of the night and I wake up, um, you know, if I'm going through, like I just went through kind of a tough personal time and uh, I mean, nothing was going to put me to sleep. I, I would probably like take five Ambien and like, you know run around the block, I was just really wound up and was just going through a lot of stuff. So the Delta Sleeper didn't seem to work. But now that I've worked through some of the emotional challenges that I was going through, it seems to work great. So it's one of those things where I think with the PEMF, you just have to really try and see what it does. And a lot of people use it also just for recovery. I mean, I think that's its actually most popular application is to recover from injuries and healing and things like that, where you can use a more direct application on something like your knee or, you know, spinal injuries, things like that. It's definitely like worth researching um, because there's there's a lot of definitely a lot of data on it and um, just a lot of case studies and anecdotal reports you can find. I haven't heard too much about PMF that's like, oh, it's total bullshit. It doesn't do anything. Everyone kind of agrees it has an effect on you. It's just right. a matter of which gadget is going to work for you, you know? Right, right. I know enough about the idea and the concept to ask an expert the right questions. I don't know enough to be that expert on our show. So I'm going. To, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to steer our listeners in, in any way, one way or the other. So we'll yeah. wait until we can get maybe Jack Cruz or, or somebody else on the show uh, to, to let me fire questions at them and, and we'll educate well, our listeners you, that way. You know what's funny, Ryan, is I interviewed Jack on my show on episode, I think it was episode three, which came out uh, a week or so, a week or so ago. And I, you know, I always like vet all my gadgets and all the trickery that I'm up to with him. And he was just like, dude, throw that bullshit away. 
He goes, yeah. he's just like, it's yeah. all bullshit. You don't need any of that stuff. It's all you need is light and magnetism and water. You yeah. know, I'm like, what does that mean, Jack? Like, I did, I got him to put it really into plain English, though. So you know, the things that that I do that are don't require any um, expenditure of funds. You know, because the PMF stuff gets expensive. Right. Um, the Earth Pulse, I think, cost me like a thousand bucks. The uh, Delta Sleeper was around five hundred. So, I mean, you know, you start playing with those toys, it gets expensive. But what Jack told me was that some of the other things that I've just been doing for years, such as sun gazing, which is looking directly into the sun at very specific times of the day. Please don't go out and try this if you're listening. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for you burning out your retina, but um, but sun gazing is an ancient, ancient practice that humans have probably been doing since there was the first human, uh, and it can be done safely and be very beneficial for a number of different reasons. And then the um, cold, cold exposure, so the ice baths or cryo, things like that, and then and then staying grounded, so being connected to the earth, the sun, and water. It's it's just very like elementary nature based yeah. stuff. You and know. I mean that that fits in with almost in in almost every teaching and culture those elements are there whether you look at Native Americans or Eastern philosophies or you know so the fur I think the further we get away from nature and all of those elements the more out of balance we get so um, yeah that's that's an interesting point so you mentioned yeah. you mentioned the ice bath after your workouts I want to go back because as you said that I wanted to know. Um, if you do that daily, are you doing that at the gym or are you coming home and setting that up? <laughs> okay. Okay. Now this is a good, this is a good topic because maybe some, you know, I'd love to see your, if you guys, I'm a huge, you guys allow- I'm a huge fan of cold therapy. I take, I take cold showers yeah. every day and, and this is something yeah. we put this in our newsletter a couple of weeks ago and there's a ton of science and, and tons of benefits from it, but at the most basic level and least scientific level, I think there's just a mental benefit from getting in a cold shower when you don't want to, it wakes you up, it gets you from zero to a hundred miles an hour. And it's like, all right, I'm ready to get shit done or, or you build mental toughness and uh, there, there's just, there's so many benefits to it. So, yeah. So the, the journey with the cold began for me. I mean, this is going back 15 years ago. I had a lot of back problems and still do have like one persistent kind of issue that I have not managed to cure. Stem cell therapy in Guadalajara, Mexico is my next hack for that. That's the, that's the one I'm working on. But it's like 15 grand and you have to fly there twice and get the extraction from your femur. It's it's a process. So, so but, hold on. Before you, before you yeah. go on, I, this <laughs> yeah. is cool. We just had uh, Dr. Bill Andrews and one of his associates, uh, Rachel. Oh, man, I didn't – I'm going to say her last name wrong, so I'm not going to say it, but she's awesome. Um, I'm not, I think that episode will air before this one does, but they're working with a uh, skin cream and a serum that, uh, if you're familiar with Dr. Bill Andrews, he's anti-aging longevity guy. He discovered telomerase um, way back when he's got a, he's part of like over 50 us patents on telomerase, which is the enzyme that helps increase uh, telomere length or at least prevent the shortening. So that's, we know cell death and aging is increased cellular turnover, right? So the interesting thing that he said with, with most stem cell stuff is that they have to take the cells out, they spin them, they replicate. When they're reintroduced, those cells are actually older, more aged than they were when they came out. No way, dude. Yeah. You just crushed my dream. Well, I didn't. I'm just repeating what Dr. <laughs> Bill Andrews said. So, 
that's that that's really it was really fascinating to hear him say that because with most of the stem cell procedures you you have to have those cells replicate you know yeah. and then the, and then you put them back in and when you put them back in they've replicated many many times so they're actually older so that was fascinating that, to hear so was his was his analysis that it's ineffective due to that fact i think what he was saying was that you would want stem cells from he did not go so far as to say you would want stem cells from like a fetus. Uh, but what he said was, you know, if you're 80 years old and you have your own cells taken out to try to do some kind of age reversal treatment, that your cells are 80, then they replicate a whole bunch more times. And when they get reintroduced to you, they're 90 or 100. And it's not yeah. really doing what you think it's going to do. It makes sense, yeah. yeah. That's interesting because I've had PRP therapy, which is um, platelet-rich, no, plasma-rich. Oh, what the hell does PRP stand for? That's they take your blood out and they spit yeah. it in a centrifuge. I, I can't uh, remember. I can't remember what where, it stands for. Where'd you but go to PR- do that? Because they don't do it in America, right? No, they do. They, they do. do. Yeah, there's a place called the uh, Ortho Healing Center in West LA that does. I mean, there's okay. tons of places in LA, but LA PRP has everything. Platelet-rich, plat, platelet-rich. Plasma. There you go. Okay, so what they do is they go um, just into your vein and draw blood, not into your bone. Like when you do, right. you know, real stem cell therapy, they go into your femur and like get it out of your marrow. It's gnarly. Right. Um, they take your blood, they spin it, and basically what they do is they remove the red blood cells and they get this kind of white blood cell serum. It just looks like yellow goo once your blood's not red, and then they inject that into an area that needs healing. So they kind of spin it in a centrifuge. It takes about 20 minutes, but there's no replicating. That you have to do out of the United States because of FDA laws regarding what you mentioned, which is allowing them to replicate. So the place in Guadalajara that does the true stem cell treatment, I found out about through uh, David Wolf and a guy named uh, Dr. Dave Waranofsky, I believe is how you say his name. Dr. Dave's best. He makes some good fish oil and stuff like that. Anyway, they got this whole clinic going in Guadalajara, and what they do is they do the bone marrow, um, and then they spin it and multiply them, and then you come back in a number of weeks, and then they reintroduce that either systemically in your whole body or in a problem area such as your hip, knee, elbow, et cetera. But, dude, I've heard some crazy stories of people growing teeth back, um, someone walking in in a wheelchair, walking out. I mean, not like snake oil, like right. <laughs> holy roller healer stuff, but yeah. legit, like, wow, regeneration. Right. So, you know, I, I haven't researched it enough to the point where I'm like, cool, I'll go drop, you know, 15 grand plus however much it takes to fly down there and stay twice. But it it seems promising, um, you know, and I can see why the FDA doesn't want it to happen here. It's because of the fetus stuff and, you know, right, getting right. goat stem cells. And, I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff that could happen if it's not closely regulated. But um, the, the clinics in Europe, there's a lot of them. There's, the closest one to me just happens to be Guadalajara, Mexico. But, uh, I mean, this is something that's been going on for quite a while and it's not anything too creepy or scary. I guess it's just a matter of is it worth the time and money to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, go ahead. So that and then so you want to cover the ice? Yeah. Because we got derailed. Okay. Yeah. So the ice thing started for me when I had this back pain years ago. That's where we took a left turn. And <laughs> that's all modafinil, by the way. I take no credit for the memory. <laughs> a little anaracetam too. Um, <laughs> oh, you're supposed to say Siltep today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually I'm out of Siltep. You know what? I need to get some. I, I know a guy. Some. Yeah, no, you know what I did take this morning is Calmeg though. And your vitamin D three. 
Okay. Or not Calmag. What's Mag- your Ma- Mag-Tech. Magtech? Yeah. Yeah, Magtech and D3 I actually took this morning. All right. Yep, Scout's Honor. Um, so maybe that's it. It's the magnesium that's they, that's uh, they crushed the, the extra crushed synapses. The yeah, yeah, the blood brain barrier. I, I mean, I take usually one or two of those in the morning, and then I take around four before I go to bed. So I like magnesium during the day too. Okay. Yeah. So the ice baths had these back problems, and I heard through a guy named Dr. Richard Schultz about hydrotherapy, which is where you do extreme cold and extreme hot fluctuations. So I started doing that in the shower. Uh, going to hot springs, going to spas, doing the cold plunge and then hot and just alternating back and forth to just get you know more lymphatic circulation, blood circulation into that area. Now, as I understand it now, you can't really force blood into a ligament you know, with hot and cold. I think what I was trying to do maybe wasn't that effective, but I'm sure it wasn't bad. And then eventually what I did through my kundalini yoga practice, because a recommendation under that practice is that you just do straight cold showers all the time. You don't even touch the hot water. And so for years now, I've been doing just cold showers and then that evolved into um, swimming in lakes, creeks, the oceans that are freezing and just, you know, going in for a second. And basically, I built up my cold tolerance until a couple of years ago, hearing guys like Jack Cruz talk about CT, cold thermogenesis, and seeing that kind of in the world of uh, professional sports and healing and recovery. Started experimenting with that. And now where I am is all cold showers all the time. And basically, if I could, every single day, I would take an ice bath for, as I said, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, just depending on how much time I have available. And I built up over the course of a few years. So about the practicality of it, which was your other question, um, at Story Fitness, where my, my brother Cody's gym down the road here in LA, we had a Wim Hof uh, training event that was being hosted there. Oh, by a so couple cool. guys. Yeah, they have a company called B. Jaya, and they're the only two uh, certified U.S. trainers. So we've done two trainings um, at Story Fitness for the Wim Hof Method, and we needed ice. And so what Cody and I did is we went on Craigslist and bought a commercial ice machine, and then we bought um, a galvanized steel tank for my friend, friend uh, Neil Strauss because he had this men's mastermind group and we did a while ago, maybe a year ago, and he he bought two of these tanks to do ice baths at the event. I knew they were just sitting in his storage, so I bought one of those, got the the ice machine off Craigslist, had my handyman build a little enclosure for the ice machine, and now we have like perma ice baths um, in like the back parking lot, you know, at Story Fitness. That is so that so that's, that's a dream come true for me. It's amazing, dude. Well, they they do make these commercial units with a lot of sports teams have, and they're like these big cooling units, and they're they're around five or six grand, you know, where there's no ice, it just makes freezing water on demand, sort of like the reverse of a hot tub. Yep. So I have a. So that's you know, that's the dream because it's just much less labor intensive, you know, than like yeah. scooping in because it takes. I have a five-gallon bucket that I fill up the 200-gallon tank with, and I would say I probably put because I want the ice about mm, a foot thick and then you know there's like a foot or so water underneath that like i want solid ice like freezing in the between 35 39 degrees somewhere like that like really really cold so it takes i don't know probably eight or ten of those five gallon buckets so it's a lot of work to fill it up every day But it was, you know, the whole thing, we got in and out of there for probably like two grand with the tank, that thing, the labor. So it was much cheaper than than getting the commercial unit. Yeah, Right. So I've got a friend that, uh, his name's Joe Hashi. He has a gym called Synergy, uh, and they're in the, like, New York, Pennsylvania area. Um, And uh, 
he had that idea originally. And I think they, they've done this at their gym. It was something that I always wanted to implement, but we just never got around to doing it. But he bought, like you go to like tractor supply and buy one of those galvanized steel, you know, uh, like a trough for, for yeah. livestock. And yeah, uh, exactly. what you do is like his, what he does is he has like, they say, all right, Saturday, we're doing ice bath Saturday. So everybody who comes brings a 10 or 20 pound bag of ice. You just, it, it's like a bring your own beer party, but you bring your own <laughs> ice and then they fill this thing up. Uh, That's a good idea. One of the other things that they do to, to help, get it full is they take five gallon buckets like you said but they fill them with water and then freeze that so you have this five gallon chunk of ice and it helps fill this thing even faster so that was something that like i said i wanted to do never did but um there, there are if if you put your mind to it like you guys did and like joe and his group did there are ways that you can make this happen without you know having to spend 10 15 20 thousand dollars on on what you see, you know, yeah. the LA Lakers soaking in after a basketball game. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny because I lived in a house before I lived in the apartment that I'm in now. And I, of course, like a normal house, I had a bathtub. And so I would just go to the liquor store and just buy bags of ice. But it was really, it's still just, you have to get so much ice. Yep. And I'm six foot two, so I couldn't really like get the ratio right. But when I moved into this apartment, it they had removed the bathtub and just put in a nice giant shower, which is beautiful. But I was like, oh damn! So that was kind of you know, I talked to Cody. I was like, dude, I we got to work something out. We got to build something at your spot because I can't not do ice. I mean, I have to. I, I I literally like have to do that almost every day. Otherwise, I just don't feel right. And and for you, uh, you said it earlier that it's about the the mentality. And yeah, there's inflammation, there's fat burning, there's you know like all sorts of other benefits. But that's like my meditation, dude. I get in that ice, and that's when I do my prayers. That's when I really just get with myself and and get very centered to start my day. And it's um I don't know, like it's difficult to not go do that. I have found the the very same thing to be true for me. It, at first, it was like it became, it was almost like a challenge to myself, like a, a challenge of your manhood or, you know, if whatever you want to think about. Uh, but after I started doing it, it was like, I couldn't go back. It was, you, you start to, because when it's hard, when it's uncomfortable, you have to do the Wim Hof stuff. You have to do the breathing. You have to prepare yourself for it. But once that becomes second nature, it's just like, it, like you said, it does, it becomes this meditative or grounding um i'm huge into like navy seal culture because of their mental toughness and um i've gotten to talk with mark divine a few times he was a guest on our podcast and he talks about uh his book is way of the seal and and he talks about starting your day with he's got a couple of different ways that you can start your day with with either box breathing or breathing methods, but also uh, setting your intention for that day. And and I have found that to be an incredibly beneficial practice. And if, if you combine that with another practice, so if you do the breathing and the intention setting while you're doing a cold shower, you know, you get out of the shower, you, before you take the shower, you pop your silt up, you know, you, you start I put coffee in the French press, let it sit. I go in the shower. I do all that stuff. I come out. I get my coffee. And it's like, I can't think of a better way to start the day. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's funny too. Like I've indoctrinated uh, friends and clients into the practice, and one of my buddies named James in particular, he has a pool, and you know it's LA. You think the pool would be warm because it's so hot here, but I'll tell you what, this is the desert, you know. So even when it's really hot here at night, it gets cold, and if you don't heat your pool, it's freezing. And so I started taking him into the pool, and he'd get in. And he was like, <laughs> just start hyperventilating in panic, and I was like, dude. It's just your mind. It really is like the the discomfort you have is literally all in your mind. It's your nervous system freaking out for no reason, but you can take command over your nervous system. And and I think it's a it's a great mental practice because through as you as you mentioned, the box breathing or whatever breathing technique you use, this is the same sort of stamina. Um and uh, resilience that gets you through somebody rear ends your car, uh, you know, fight with the girlfriend, um, you you know, you didn't get the loan for the house, <laughs> you know, <laughs> your house burned down, what, whatever life things happen. I mean, as I said, I've been going through a lot of changes recently. It's been really like challenging to just power through and be able to keep my shit together mentally and emotionally. And I mean, these kind of practices stacked on one another, all of these different things that we can add to our life really help when the going gets tough. I agree completely. And I think you said something that, that I want to elaborate on is that I mean, that is one of the known and talked about benefits of cold water therapy is that it it helps you train your nervous system. You can actually teach your nervous system to not overreact, to not, um, you know, go crazy because of that, you know, that stimulus. And uh, like one of the examples is uh, Dave Asprey has the uh, the sleep induction mat. If you use any acupressure mat. I love that thing, yeah. So you get this like, oh my God, oh my God, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. But if you can overcome that and, and just settle and quiet your mind and calm your mind, it really doesn't. And then that creates this sense of calm because you've you've mastered your nervous system. You've mastered that automatic or that involuntary response. And and there's tremendous carryover into other parts of your life, like you said. And and if you can if you can learn to master those kind of knee jerk reactions as you go through your daily life, you're you're a more pleasant human being. You're more useful. You're more resilient. You, you have greater stress tolerance. Which, I mean, let's face it: as our world changes, we're only going to be exposed to more and more stressors and sources of stress. Uh, so I think anything we can do to inoculate ourselves to stress is is a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I'm glad you mentioned the sleep induction mat because that's, that's part of my sleep routine. I played around with it. I've had it for a couple of years, but I do it every night now, actually. And really? I bought – Dave doesn't make the pillow, but – I forget. I got it some trade show or something. But there's a little like a uh, kind of a roll pillow that goes behind your neck, and you kind of roll your scalp around on it. It's okay. really nice. So I do a whole sleep induction kind of mat routine. But hey, what if I put the mat in the ice tank? <laughs> Sit on that thing. <laughs> I don't think you'd feel it as much. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But yeah, the, you're absolutely right. But he, I want to mention something, and you know, I'd be I, like I said, I don't know if you guys take comments in, on your um, page, but I'm sure there's someone that could add to this. I was listening to uh, Rhonda Pat, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's podcast the other day, and she's like super major science geek, you know, and really bright lady. Great, great podcast. And uh, she had someone on, and they were talking about a theory that if you, because I always do the ice bath right after I train, and 
I mean, for me, it's amazing because I, like I said, I went from not being very active to just balls out, like high intensity interval training craziness. And I've never been sore like one day because I do the ice bath afterward. Her theory and another, I think it was a guess she had was that you're actually, you're actually hampering your muscle building because you're, you're stopping the inflammation and you need the muscle, you need the inflammation to build muscle. So I'm like, I'm always weighing like, all right, am I burning more fat because I'm becoming cold adapted and I'm just, you know, my internal heaters just burning all day uh, because that inner fire is going and burning fat or would I burn more fat? Because like I said, I'm trying to lose like a decent little gut here, which I've made a lot of progress already. Um, but would I burn more fat if I was able to let that inflammation do its thing for a few hours after the workout and then the muscle's going to burn fat? I'm always like <laughs> kind of weighing those two. I'm like, God damn it. Yep. I guess I'm just going to pick like not being sore ever and having an awesome ice bath and maybe being a little less rep building muscle a little more slowly. But have you heard anything on the like the deleterious effects of, of ice baths right after you train because you're just – as soon as you said, Rhonda Patrick, and right after I train, I knew where you were going with this. Um, we love Rhonda Patrick. She was a guest on our show. Um, so oh, cool. Anybody listening, if you haven't caught that episode, it was episode, I want to say 16, somewhere in that range, 15, 16, 17. Um, so if you haven't caught that, go back and listen to it. We had a really cool chat with her. Um, and in that conversation, she talked about the the same reason that we wouldn't do the ice bath, but it was in a different application. So uh, the way she talked about it was with um, antioxidants and um, something else during the fasting period. Um, The bottom line is in both of those instances, we're talking about the body's hormetic response. And that's basically what we know is that maxim, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? So if you think about what you're doing when you strength train, you're tearing down muscle. Uh, you, you're you're giving your body this. Uh, you're asking it to do something, and that task is a stimulus. Um, it, it it causes damage, micro traumas, little tears within the muscles, and this stimulus tells the body, "Hey, I need to build myself up bigger and and better." Uh, stronger so that the next time I see this source of stress, I am better prepared to handle it. So a great example of this is just calluses on your hands, right? The more you, or like if you go out and you work with your hands, um, then you may develop calluses. If you do too much too soon, you know, then you get like a blister, right? So that's the equivalent of like being sore as shit and not being able to walk for two weeks after a leg day. Um, Neither one is a is like the most intelligent way to make great long-term progress, right? But we still do it, um, which is a whole other podcast. Um, So what she's saying is that if you immediately jump into that ice bath and you quell the, the hormetic response, then you don't reap the full benefit of... I, I stressed myself. Now I'm building myself up bigger and better than I was. So I think for all of us, the question we need to answer, and, and this applies to anything, is, is, is goal dependent. Why am I doing this? Right? So if, my, if I'm a bodybuilder and I'm trying to win a bodybuilding show, then my primary goal is muscle size and outward appearance. So that would be my compass, my true north. That would be my governing decision maker on 
if, if that were the case, then I would not want to do the ice bath right after a strength training session. If I'm just somebody who wants to get after it, work hard, uh, you know, make some progress, but reap all of the benefits from everything possible, then I think you're okay doing the ice bath right after training. Because like you said, if you're not sore, then you're able to train more frequently. And if you're able to train more frequently, you can provide that stimulus for your body more often. And then you could theoretically make progress faster if the programming is done properly. So I think everything's goal dependent, right? So it's like, you know, look, a ketogenic diet works for some people. Uh, You know, obviously for bodybuilders and some bodybuilders, a high carb approach works. So, you know, to say that... uh, the science and what she presents there is, is absolutely correct. Um, I just think it, it always goes back to why are you doing it? Yeah. And I think if, if, if we can all answer that question, why am I doing this? Then it helps us understand which things we need to apply to which circumstance. So another way that that uh, philosophy from Dr. Rhonda Patrick has, has played into what we do um, one of our supplements is curcumin, which is a fantastic supplement. It's been, uh, the research is, is phenomenal on what it can do to, um, you know, help our body deal with inflammation uh, naturally. Um, but a lot of people are taking it immediately post-workout. And for that exact same reason, I have, you know, my suggestion when people ask me how to dose it, you know, I work out either in the morning or early afternoon at the latest. I take my curcumin at night with my MagTech because, first of all, our curcumin stays in your body for 24 hours. So if you're taking it, it's going to be there until the next time you take it. But I don't want that dose rushing in right after I worked out because of what we just said. Um, so I think it's one of those things where you kind of keep that in mind. Um, I like yeah. to start my day with the cold shower. So I know if I do that, um, you know, I don't have to worry about the post-workout, you know, hormetic response being blunted from the cold yeah. shower. But, um, no, look, I think it's one of those things where like getting it in is, is far better than not doing it. And, you know, unless you're trying to be, unless you're getting paid for the size of your muscles, I'm not worried about, you know, uh, it takes a long time and a lot of hard work to build big muscles. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see a noticeable difference in hypertrophy um, by doing a, a cold shower right afterwards. Or cold yeah, water and water. and that it's it's to- totally not my goal. And also, I mean, I'm doing really intense workouts, and some of it involves a decent amount of weight. I'm swinging around kettlebells and club bells and stuff, and a lot of body weight stuff. But I mean, I'm not in there like deadlifting. I'm not doing shit for big gains right. anyway. It's just like the muscle growth is just a byproduct of really moving intelligently and some yep. really, really smart programming and cycling recovery days and mobility days and all this kind of stuff. So I think I'm in a really good spot overall. But I was just like, <laughs> damn, I also wouldn't mind like, you know, for once in my life, like having a bicep, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I don't, I don't think that's going to prevent you from building muscle. I, I really don't. That's that's I mean, cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just like you said, I'm I'm getting like which way leans in more benefit and I think doing those ice baths is definitely like changing the game and it's interesting what you said is 
um, I notice when I'm training a few days in a row, you know, um, like say we have three days, like a low intensity, mid intensity, high intensity. By the high intensity days, the people that I've been training with all week are like, "Oh, I'm so sore. Oh, my quads." And I'm like, "What? I'm I'm good to go." <laughs> like seriously. So you're you're right. I can train much harder um, sequentially because I'm not smoked from. I like totally feel recovered from you know like the mid intense the uh, mm-hmm. mid intensity day the day before, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I mean, you you can't. Can't look at anything in isolation either. You have to look at how it fits into the big picture. Um, so yeah, yeah. So Luke, I want to look at uh, my list of questions here because I'm seeing the timer. We're at uh, almost an hour already, and it, this has been amazing. Um, you have really given us a whole lot of resources. This has been entertaining, informational. Um, I want to get two more questions in, if we can, um, and then our close. So one. If you were setting up, uh, you've got a great house uh, set up behind you. You've already told us some of the things that you have and use on a daily basis. Uh, If we were setting up a biohacking pad or the ultimate home station, what are some must-haves that you would make sure that people would include in their home? Number one would be getting your drinking, bathing, and cooking water sorted. Water to me is the foundation of everything. I mean, think about when we do space travel, what are we looking for on other planets? (laughs) Where did all life originate? Everything comes from water. Everything goes to water. Water is the lifeblood of the planet and our body. So, you know what, depending on who you ask, 70, 80% water, right? So you got to think about not only um, your blood, but all of your bodily fluids. We're basically a sack of fluids, right? And those fluids are all made of the water that we're drinking, putting in our body. So to me, one of the hugest um, gains that I made in overall health was years ago, just switching to 100% spring water in glass. Now, I'm a bit more obsessed about it, so I actually go get my own spring water. Um, Up until very recently, a friend of mine started a company called Fountain of Truth Spring Water, Um, You can put that in your show notes. It's an amazing company. And they actually go to Oregon and they deliver, hand deliver, raw, totally untreated, natural, unadulterated spring water, lab tested, clean as can be, beautifully populated with minerals, amazing water. And they deliver it to most cities on the West Coast. So that's, that's new. And I'm getting my water from them now just because like... I used to have to drive up and like siphon it out of this rock. And, you know, I mean, basically I, I built this whole piping system going down a mountain to go up and get my own real water. And spring water is the water that humans have been drinking that have allowed us to be sitting here having this conversation. I mean, that's what we've lived on since we were created. Okay. Yep. Now, what we drink now is usually some form of at least hopefully filtered municipal water. But you have to understand that depending on where you live um, and what size city you live in, and if that ecosystem has inherent um, a water table in it, uh, if you live in a city like Los Angeles, when you drink tap water, and mind you, this is like the ice cubes in your Starbucks. You, people drink tap water in many ways they're not you know, even aware of. You go get a soup at a Thai restaurant, that's tap water. Anything you eat or drink with water in it is going to be tap water. And uh, our water <laughs> is, <laughs> if I go get a glass of water out of my kitchen sink right now, that water has been recycled out of millions of toilets and all of the condoms, all of the feces, all of the pharmaceuticals, all of the birth control pills, 
all of the stuff that I don't want to be drinking has been filtered out of that water, but that water still has the imprinted memory of all that crap that was in it. So the water is 100% just recycled water, right? Which makes sense ecologically. doesn't make sense to put that water in your body. So to me, I don't care if you have an RO system, distiller, whatever. I'm not putting tap water in me unless I'm dying somewhere in the middle of the Sahara <laughs> Desert. I, I'm going to avoid drinking that, including that would be bottled drinks that say they have filtered water. Well, what type of filtration? Did it take the fluoride out? Did it take the chloramine, the lead, the cadmium, the nickel? What, do you, what filter? You know. Right. So number one is if you can, I would recommend for drinking that you get spring water in glass. There's a, a company that's it, – it's actually well water, but it's decent. It's called Mountain Valley Spring Water. Mm-hmm. It's from an aqueduct, which is a giant well essentially. So it's actually not true spring water because it doesn't come to the surface of the earth naturally as a true spring water would. But I'd find somewhere where you live. Like on the East Coast, there's a company called Saratoga, which makes a great spring water. It's, I mean, it's a little more expensive, but dude, your lymphatic fluid, your blood, your semen, I mean, everything in you, well, if you're a male at least, (laughs) everything that makes you up, you know, is made of that water. So I want the cleanest, most pristine natural water possible. And then, of course, for the water that you bathe in, especially if you have kids, man, this is so important. That water has got to be like micro filtered. So I would bathe in like RO or distilled water. Me, I live in an apartment building, so I don't have control over the whole input. So I just have a shower filter. That was I was going to be my question. You, what yeah. filter do you recommend? Uh, there's a company called uh, Omica, O-M-I-C-A. Amazing just supplement company. But they make, to me, the most powerful uh, holistic filter that you can get for your shower. Okay. And I've, and I've done a lot of research. Um, you can't really get a shower filter that takes the fluoride out. Depending on where you live, the water's probably fluoridated, which is an extremely caustic chemical. It's just very bad for your biology. But it's hard to get a shower filter that takes that out because it's, it's a very small, um, uh, what do you call it, molecule. Right. It's difficult to filter. But you can get the, um, yeah, the Omica, I think, is the best one that I've found. Um, but if you live in a house, I mean, you can get a whole house filtration system. There's a company called Pure Effect Filters. They're out of New York, and it's a family-owned business. A really great guy named Igor. I actually have him coming up on my show. And they make a great um, whole house system. And depending on the size of your house, you're looking anywhere between like $800 and $1,200. Wow. And you can have like the cleanest. I mean, you could drink that water. I'm just very finicky about the right. drinking water. Right. But you could bathe a newborn baby in it. You could cook with it. I mean, you can use that as kind of your utilitarian water, so to speak. Right. And then get the really chronic, pristine drinking water, not in plastic, but in glass to drink. So water's number one. And then the second one for me would be the lighting. It's getting the lighting sorted out where after dark, wherever you live, you're eliminating all sources of blue light in your house. This includes getting um, filters for your phone. Um, if you're going to watch a TV to wear some dumbass orange, you know, blue blocking glasses. I mean, it's it's rough. It's an adjustment. But based on my research and a lot of really smart people such as Jack Cruz, I mean, the lighting thing is killing us. It's really, really bad. So um, what I do is I have a setting of a set of lighting for after dark, which is all amber incandescent bulbs. You can get them on Amazon. Just Google amber bulbs. Um, The reason they're still legal, unlike most incandescent bulbs, is because they're decorative. Hmm. So you can get incandescent bulbs 
and they're marketed as decorative lighting, and that's the loophole that they've managed to get around the EPA or whatever. Okay. Although I did just recently read that, they, that they, they made an energy-efficient incandescent bulb that's going to be coming out soon, so that could be great. Um, but I would get rid of definitely fluorescent lighting is the worst. Second worst is LED lighting. Third worst is, um, I can never pronounce it right, if it's halogen or halogen uh, yeah, bulbs. Halogen, I think. In my, ho- in my house, I've got all incandescent bulbs and you can get full spectrum incandescent bulbs online too those are used for plants so you have to kind of like hack yeah you kind of have to hack your way around so in my office here i have a full spectrum bulb for the daytime because i want the purple and red and blue spectrum of of natural daylight but at night that shit all goes off and my whole house is amber and it takes a little getting used to but it's so relaxing and you just have to think about what did humans do as we've evolved? When the sun goes down, you light a fire, and then yep. you have a fire for three to four hours, and you're getting amber light in your eyes, and then you go to sleep, and maybe there's starlight or moonlight, and then you wake up with the sunrise, right? And this is how we've evolved. So yeah. if you're staring into a computer screen that has, a, that has eliminated it's an LED, right? So computer screens, phone screens, it's all LED lighting, and they've eliminated the full spectrum of that light. So all you're getting is really like a, a solar noon blue light, which is telling your brain through your optic nerve that it's noon right now. Yeah. Now yeah. and this is so destructive to you know your melatonin production, your circadian rhythm. It's just the worst. And so that the water and the light. Just think about nature, like yep. water and light. And, so and that's the that's the basis of like the home hacking for me. Okay, those are that's there's so much there for everybody. That that was an amazing answer. Um, I want to add on the lighting. There's a new toy. It's made by Drift. So go to Drift. TV, and we'll put that link in the uh, blog version of this too. But they make a box for your TV now that can no adjust way. the lighting and the color on your oh, TV. Oh, dude, I'm going to put that so, in my phone. So you don't have to wear the glasses. Yeah, that's what oh, um, That's what I, if, you, if you're watching on the video and you saw me duck out, I had to double check <laughs> that because Roy actually found it uh, about six months ago and he sent all of us the link to it. And it literally, like, we got on the waiting list for when it launched and it just launched like a couple of months ago so it's a brand new technology so will you spell that again um, it's drift d-r-i-f-t uh and okay. then tv if you just put that into google it'll come up okay drift tv call i just put it in my notes um yeah. yeah that's amazing i honestly like i know every like person that is a pseudo intellectual is like i don't watch tv but i literally don't have a tv in my living room i have one in my bedroom which i I'm, i always think yeah i'm gonna plug my computer in and watch movies i think I've lived here for a year. I've watched one movie in there, and I wore my stupid orange glasses. <laughs> the orange glasses, not only do you just you look like a douche, but they're just really uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, they're like, they just don't feel good on your face. I don't want to be wearing glasses in my home. I don't, you know, I so far don't have to wear prescription glasses. I'm just not used to wearing glasses. So I would right. love to have my whole house, including TV, computer, phone, just all ambered out. And um, yep. you get used to it. Like when you watch a movie with amber glasses, it looks kind of shitty, you know, like, you sort of miss the vibrant colors, but then after a while, you just get used to it. Like now at night, if if I accidentally, or sometimes not accidentally, but I turn flux off on my computer because yeah. I want to edit photos or something, right. I'm like, oh my god, it's yeah. like a, it's like a. <laughs> 
spotlight, like a prison yard spotlight <laughs> shining in your damn eyes. It's so insane. I'm like, I would just like everything on Amber and Flux all the time at night. Yep. So that's that's amazing. Maybe I could actually watch TV someday. Yeah, and I, I put that on my notepad to put in the show notes that F.Lux um, or Flux if you have a PC, if you have a Mac, um, I think you can use it on a Mac too. But uh, yeah, I have it on my Mac. Yeah, I know Dave Asprey sells blue blockers, um, and I think that, that that company, I think I think he just labels them with the bulletproof logo. There's a company, I'm not sure who the parent company is that makes those, but you know, I've got one of those for my cell phone. Um, they make them for Macs. I've got one on the on the Mac. Um, I actually just found out recently if you go to display and brightness on an iPhone that you can there's a uh, a feature for night shift and under yep. night shift you can you can do that so if you don't want to buy a blue blocker you can actually just turn it to where it's all warm colors and you get that amber light and less of the blue light um, yeah. and you can you can set it with circadian rhythms and stuff so it's so cool yeah i'm so glad they did that and then you can also you know of course just turn down the brightness on your screen so when it gets dark you know i just have that app going like you said it's just on it just matches the daylight like flux you know yep just get your time done and it mimics nature but then i turn the brightness down and I, I still see the phone fine you know the only time i need to turn it up at night is if i wanted to edit an instagram photo or something where i actually need to see you know the colors but i have the zentech bulletproof that's um, it zentech yep thing on my phone and and that app just because eh, you know what the hell <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no no blue light is getting through uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. Because like living in the city here, if I like last night, I went out, and I mean, I was on my way home at nine thirty. But it's, it's like when you're living in the amber world at night for a while, I really notice all these LED lights everywhere. Like I'm getting blasted in the face by every car that goes by. So I do have one pair of orange glasses that I'll wear around at night. Um, I look very uncool. <laughs> you know, like I'm living in Hollywood, yeah. and literally, I can see people like they look at me and they try to act like they're not noticing right. what a loser I look like, but. <laughs> Yep. You know, they're the one that's like not having melatonin, not me. So, yep, that's true. But it, it it depends on how well I know people. I'm still I'm still not humble enough to wear them like on a first date or something like that. Okay, all right. Luke, <laughs> one one quick question, and uh, and then we'll get to the close. What is what is one thing that you wish you knew at 25 that you know now? <laughs> Don't believe your thoughts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wish I had known that 99% of the ideas that come out of my head are total bullshit. It's mostly lies about myself and other people in the world and how how the mind perceives experience in a way that has nothing to do with reality. That's an incredible answer. Um, we've only asked that one twice, and both times it's been not the answer I expected, but a better answer. Uh, cool. <laughs> the only other person we've asked was Mark Sisson, so... Oh, what did he say? Do you remember? Uh, it'll all work out. Yeah, yeah. Which is another way of saying don't believe what your mind's telling you that, yeah. you know, the world has come to an end because you didn't get what you want and things didn't work out or yeah. they're not returning your email or, you know, the check didn't come or <laughs> they died or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right. But I, I was very much like identified with my mind and my ego. I didn't know the was anything other than that because that's right. the only way it ever looked so at 25 i mean if my mind said something i was like hey great idea brain yeah i'll go and do that and just burn my life to the ground yeah. you know it's yeah. like i had no um i had no witness perspective to see like ah, you know is that really true what i just thought before i actually act on that yeah. idiotic idea yeah that's yeah. uh that's a good way of putting it i like that um 
Okay, so uh, where can our listeners get more of you? Well, you can find me at lukestory.com. That's L-U-K-E-S-T-O-R-E-Y. And then, as I said earlier, my podcast is called The Life Stylist with Luke Story. And I've got tons of, I think I'm up to like episode 12 or so by now. As I said, we had Jack Cruz on there. I've got Ben Greenfield coming on, um, John Gray, the famous author. Lots of really great guests on, on there. So that's been that's been my passion project right now. And then I'm on Instagram at Luke Story and um, Twitter at Mr. Luke Story. I'm pretty big on social media. So you can find me all over there. But my podcast is really like where I want to be, you know, interacting with people. Cool. All right. So Luke, your top three tips to live optimal. Well, shit, I already gave one of them, which is don't believe what your mind is telling you. <laughs> um, let's see. I would say, God, I would say finding some sort of meditation practice. Okay. That's been something that's been really crucial for me. I interviewed a woman on my show called Emily Fletcher recently from uh, Ziva Meditation. And she she said something on her show, uh, on my show that just stuck with me. She said, meditation is so important to me that there is no amount of of money that you could give me to make me stop. And I was like, God, that's so true. It's, I mean, literally you could say, Luke, I'm going to give you a hundred billion dollars right now, but you can't meditate for the rest of your life. And if you do, you'll be instantly killed. I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't take the money. I mean, that's how important meditation is to me. So I practice a form of meditation called Vedic meditation, which is what Emily Fletcher teaches. I learned that from a man named Jeff Kober here in LA. He also teaches in New York, amazing guy. And that's just changed my life. I've been doing meditation for a long time. That would be number one. Uh, number two would be, you know, this is a is a sensitive topic uh, because some people have very strong opinions about the idea of God, you know, so I don't like to use that word. It's so loaded. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm not particularly a religious person um, of any particular faith, but um, I think the most meaningful thing in my life has been coming to an understanding or some kind of an awareness that there's more going on here that meets the eye, yeah. that there's some sort of guiding, intelligent, unseen hand that seems to have my greater good as well as the greater good of humanity uh, in mind, and that there's um, you know there's principles that I can learn and apply to my life, spiritual principles that seem to bring me in closer alignment with the will of whatever that intelligent force is. And so um, to me, I mean, that would be, that would almost like trump everything is finding some sort of connection to that and, and exploring that, which I really, I guess is really the purpose of meditation is to get oneself out of the way and have more of a direct contact with whatever it is that created all this and kind of keeps it running. You know, to me, the idea is like, I'm sitting here, you're sitting here, what's making my heart beat right now? <laughs> Something right. is doing that. I don't, don't know what it is, but I can't explain it. I can't make it stop. I could sit here and try as hard as I can. I can't shut that shit down. There is something going on here. And I find in my life that the closer I get to that and the, that more effort I put to make contact with that and communicate with whatever that is, the better I do. Awesome. And then, um, yeah. And then the third one would just be, you know, because those are very like, I guess more about your mentality and your emotional and spiritual state. But if you're eating crap food and water, it's very difficult to maintain a healthy state of mind and being. So, I mean, I think your listeners are probably no strangers to the idea that, you know, it's just imperative that we avoid food made with or made of chemicals, uh, if at all possible. 
and to um, and get your labs done and find out like what your body actually needs and if there's supplementation uh, needed to get you to your optimal state physically that that's a really important part of being able to keep your your mood regulated your emotions your mind your stress level being able to adapt many of the things that we've talked about I don't believe there's um, you know one diet that everyone should follow but there is a diet that each person should follow if they really want to, you know, live well and prosper. Um, but to me, just the basic idea is kind of no matter who you are, is to avoid foods that are like that didn't come out of the ground, you know, in one way or another, and have a, a minimal level of processing applied to them before they're available um, for purchase. You know, just having a nice clean diet and the clean water. So those would be my three. Awesome. Luke, this has been a fantastic podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for sharing your journey and, and your insights and expertise uh, with us. For you guys listening, make sure to go to naturalstacks.com. Check out the video and blog version of this. Uh, we will probably have as many, if not more, links on this show than we've ever had before. So, Luke, thanks for dropping all the knowledge. And for you guys listening, we will catch you guys next Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Ryan.